Then the, Lord of, the hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor and the valley of the bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Also, Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and I will enter, and you will, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons and make flesh come upon you and cover you, cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I was prophesying. There was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and the skin covered them. There was no breath in them. So he said to me, prophesy, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds of breath, breathe in this flame that they may live. So I prophesied as, as he commanded, and the breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood on their feet a vast army. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are good. You are high and lifted up, O God. You are exalted on high. You are the King of glory. You are the one that gives life, O Lord. Father, we come to you this morning, O Father, asking you, O Lord God, that, Lord, you make the bones, O Father, in us come to life. That, Lord, as they come to life, you give us your breath, Lord God, so that, Lord God, we will stand as a vast army, Lord God, that is ready for your kingdom. That, Lord God, as we go out, O Father, that, Lord, your name will be lifted on high. That your name will be made famous, O Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that, O Father, everyone that has come into this place this morning, O God, will meet with you, O God. That, Lord God, you touch your heart, O Lord God. I pray, O Father, for healing, O Father, for those, O Lord God, that are suffering with broken hearts, O Lord God. I pray, O Father, that, Lord God, those that are lost, O Father, will find hope in you, O God, because you are the living hope, O God. There is none like you, O Lord. You deserve all the honor. You deserve all the glory and all the praise, O Father. And, Lord, as I stand here this morning, O Father, I don't know, Lord God, what to preach, but you, O Lord, know what you have said, O Father, for this morning. You know, Lord God, what you have prepared. Oh, Father, and Lord, as I come, Lord God, I say, use me, O oh, Father, use me for your glory, Lord, that your name may be lifted on high, O oh, God. Lord, I pray, O oh, Father, that, Lord God, I will not go according to a script this morning, O oh, Father, because, Lord God, we don't work to script, O oh, Father, but, Lord God, we work, O oh, Father, to the leading of the Holy Spirit, O oh, God. And I pray, O oh, Father, that he will lead us this morning, and he will show us, Lord, your glory and your goodness. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm standing in front of you and I've got something that is prepared here. But uh, because, you know, we don't work according to script. And... The Holy Spirit is the one that directs us, is the one that leads us. So, 
I've prepared something and it's called this sickness is not unto death. But then the Lord has put on me uh, the scripture that I read to you right now. And the Lord wants to work on us as a church. And Mark has already spoken a bit on what I'm going to be talking about later on. But what I'm asking you this morning is that you open your heart and be receptive to the word of the Lord. He wants to work with you. He wants to work through you. And he wants you to be that army that his breath is in. And he wants you to go out and impact in the city. He wants you to go and impact on the nation. You are not here this morning by accident. You are here by divine appointment. God has called you here this morning and he wants to speak to you. So open up your heart and listen to him. And let him work it. If he is digging deeper into your heart, let him go in. Let him touch those scars. Let him heal him. Heal those scars. Because he is the God that heals. He holds you in the palm of his hand. And he is in control. Don't ever think that anything that happens in your life happens without God knowing. There's nothing that ever happens in your life that God doesn't know about. So I'd like us to turn our Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 11. If I had time in my hands, I will read the whole of the chapter 11 right through to chapter 12. But I haven't got time in my hands and I'll pick up bits and pieces but I'd like you to please follow with me so you don't get lost. I'll start reading from verse 3. It says, Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified. Wow. This sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory. This is not the, this is not the first time that we hear Jesus saying that something is for the glory of God. Do you remember in John 9, when you read from verse 1 to 12, when Jesus healed the men who had been born blind. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming. No one can work as long as I am in the world, I am the life of the world. So this man was born blind, not because anyone sinned, but so that the glory of God may be revealed. So when the two sisters called for Jesus, he says, this, death, this sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God to be revealed. So, 
what we see is what Jesus was about here was the revelation of the glory of God. He, he could have exalted himself because he was God himself, but he humbled himself so that the glory of the Father may be revealed. What is Jesus demonstrating in this? He's demonstrating that everything that we do, everything that we go through, is for the glory of God. God is an all-knowing God. He's an all-present God. Nothing touches God by surprise. He knows everything that's happening to you. Even before anything happens to you, God already knows what's going to happen to you. And He's got a plan. He's got something that's prepared to hold you because the Word tells us that He holds us in the palm of of His hand. We were singing that our name is graven in His hand. He's got our name tattooed on His hand. So, how can he ever forget about you when he's got his na- your name on his hand? He looks at his hand, he sees your name. How precious is that? How good does that make God? That situation that you may be going through right now, don't think God is not aware of. He is aware. And he is in control. He's got a plan. But then, listen to what Jesus says. Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he had, he was sick. He stayed two more days in the place he was. He's been told that Lazarus is, is sick to the point of death. But then he chooses to stay two more days. Tells us how much he loves them. But then he decided to stay two more days. Then, after that, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to them, to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if, but if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, after he said them, he said, our, father, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I'll go and make him awake. So, nobody has told Jesus that Lazarus is dying. He stayed there an extra two days, and then he says to his disciples, let's go. But before they go, he says, our friend is asleep. He already knows that Lazarus is dead. But he stayed there so that God may be glorified. He stayed there so that when he goes there, he may wake the rest of him who sent him. He stayed there because there were people that needed him during that time. He mentioned that are there not 12 hours in the day? He knew that his time was at hand. So he needed to do what he needed to do where he was at that time before he went to attend to Lazarus. 
And he knew that his time was quickly approaching. That's why he gave the analogy of 12 hours in a day, which is not pretty much practical in this side of the world because we have uh, 16 hour days sometimes and we have uh, 6 hour days sometimes. So it's quite uh, difficult to imagine. But if you come from the southern hemisphere near the equator, you've got an equal amount of daylight which will be 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is daylight and 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. is night time. So that gives you the 12 hours. So in those 12 hours of daylight is when you've got to do the work. Otherwise, when night comes, you, you can't go to the field and plow. You can't go to the field and harvest. So you have to do that work while you've got the time. And that is what Jesus was doing. He knew that night time was approaching and he had to do the work that was set before him. We also, as a church, we've got a mandate. We've got work that we need to do. We've got people that are empty out here. They're, they are yearning for something but they don't know how to feel that emptiness. So they tend to the wrong things to fill that emptiness, to fill that void. But our duty as a church, our duty as Christians is to go out and minister to them and so that they may see the light. Jesus said in Matthew 5, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under the basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light shine so that it may let your light shine before men, so that they, that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So, it refers again to the glory of God. So, everything really is about glorifying God. Whatever situation, whether you are in sorrow, whether you are in joy, it is for the glory of God. And let us remember that in all things we need to give thanks to God. He is the creator. He is our Father. He is our God. And it is our duty, we, we come into contact with a lot of people in our daily life. And the Bible tells us that we are the souls of the world. What seasoning are we giving to the people? Are we giving them the true soul from above or are we giving them tasteless souls? Are we standing out there as the light of the world? Our, our actions reflecting the light that is within us? Or is our light hidden underneath a basket? Do we share at every opportunity that we have? Do we share the goodness of God with the people that we come across? How easy is it to talk about the weather? And who gives us that good weather? Wouldn't it be good to glorify God who gives us the weather than to glorify the weather? 
So let us look unto God because God is the one that gives us this weather. Let us turn our conversations in our places of work to be conversations that build other people that are around us. We may be the only thing that other people see because they haven't got an access, any access to the Bible. So we have Christ in us. We have got the Word of God living in us. So let us live the Word of God. It tells us in, in, in Psalm 119 that the word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet. So let us let that word come into our hearts. Let us hide the word in our hearts so that we may not sin against God. And as we hide the word in our hearts, it gives us the opportunity to live the word. Because it is our foundation. When, when, we are, when we are founded in God, we are founded in the Word, and nothing can move us. No matter what situation comes across, it, we cannot be moved, because God is our foundation. So going back to verse 12, John 11. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, He'll get well. So they, they didn't get it. They thought that he was sleeping because he, would, he had been unwell. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about the rest in sleep. Then Jesus had to make it plain to them. He said, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sake that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So, they are thinking, because the Jews are promising to stone him, they are also going to be stoned. They are not aware that the time is not yet. And nothing is, is going to happen if God's timing is not right. And nothing is going to stop God from working if it is time. You can do whatever you want to do, but if the time is not right, nothing is going to happen. You have to wait for the right timing of God. You have to be in sync with God's will. You have to be in sync with His word and know the timing. How are you going to know those timings? It is by dwelling in the word of God. He says in John, further on, that he is not going to leave us alone, but he is going to leave the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. He will reveal things to us. He will make known things known before they happen. So, you need to dwell in his word, have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Spend time in his presence. And then you'll know when things happen. And you'll know when things do not happen. Nothing will take you by surprise. Because nothing touches God by surprise. He says, he, he calls us friends. And you know, all of us have got friends here. And it is your best friend that you reveal your secrets to. You don't reveal your secrets to anyone else. And because God calls us friends, 
we also have that privilege that He can reveal the secrets to us. And how does He do that? He does that through the Holy Spirit. So in verse 20, Martha says, Now as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to, the, to Jesus, Lord, if you were here, my brother would not have died. If you are here, my brother would not have died. But then she goes on to say something else. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. She knows her brother is dead, but she knows that the king is here. She knows that nothing that he asks will not be granted because will not, not be granted because he is the Son of God. He is God Himself. Jesus answered and said, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the day of resur- in the last in the at resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to him, I am the resurrection and the life. Who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do we believe this as a church? Martha also believes. And she says, Yes, Lord, I believe you are Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So, although she knew her brother was dead, she believed that Christ was the Son of God. And she believed that she could do above and beyond what she could expect. So in verse 38, then Jesus groaning, groaning us in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. What stones have you laid in your life? What stones have you put on your situation that are preventing God from getting in there and working? It is time to roll away the stone and let the King of Glory do his job. Martha said to him, Martha, the sister of, of him who was dead, sorry, said to him, Lord, this time there is stench, for he has been dead for four days. How many of your situations do you think are stinking? How many of your situations do you think are hopeless? Because they have been dead for so long. Listen to what Jesus says. Did I not say to you 
that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Martha knew who Jesus was, and she believed that she was the Son of God. But what she learned was the faith. So Jesus is reminding her that she needs the faith of God that he speaks about in Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus says unto them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in whatever he says, <coughs> and does not doubt in whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray and believe, that you receive them and you will have them. So whatever situation that you may have facing you, if you have the faith of God, the Bible tells us that each and every one of us have been dealt the measure of faith. Not just a measure, but the measure of faith. It is up to us to make sure that we exercise that faith. It is up to us to make sure that we work that faith so that we will have the power to raise the dead. Because the Bible tells us that this, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, it lives in us. Nothing is stopping us from praying for the people that are sick and see them come back to life. Nothing is stopping us from praying for people that are suffering, from people that have got no job, and see them get jobs. There is nothing that's stopping us. All we need to do is exercise our faith. So after Jesus reminded Martha, they then took away the stones. Oh, after Jesus. So Jesus answered and said, Oh, I've lost myself, sorry. <laughs> I told you I don't go to sleep. Yes, verse 40 says, Did I not say to you, if you would believe, you will see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know you always hear me, because the people who are standing, who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he who had died came out bound from hand to bound hand and foot with great clothes. And his face was red with cloth. Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. So he's called him out of the, of the grave. He's called you out of your situation. And now is the time where our responsibility kicks in. It is our duty to then take off the, the grave garment. 
so that the person may see again, so that the person may live a normal life again. Everyone else had lost hope. Mary and Martha both repeated the same way, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What they seemed to have forgotten was that the one who was their friend, the one that loved them, knew everything. He knew their hearts. He knew their sorrows. And he knows your heart today. He knows your sorrows. He knows what you're going through. He is the one who, whose love provides you with safety. He is the one who is the giver of life today. You might be sitting there having lost all hope. You might be thinking there is nothing left for me. But let me assure you today that there is one who knows all, your, all of your sorrows. The one who knows all your troubles. And today he is calling you to come. He is calling your name and he is saying, come forth. He says, all that happened in your life wasn't an accident. It all happened so that God may be glorified. It all happened so that we may know who he is. So come today. Jesus is calling you to the faith of his love. Trust him. I call you to trust him completely. Listen intently to him. Your friends, your family may have deserted you. But he is a friend that speaks closer than a brother. Come to him. And as we come forth with our grave garments, I'm urging the church that we need to support one another. When Lazarus came forth, the people that were standing by are the ones that took off the, gra the grave garments of him. So, it is our responsibility as well as a church. When we see a practical need, let's get up and help. Not everyone is going to ask you for help. But it is up to you to get up and help. Being church together means we serve God and we serve one another. The commandment says love your neighbor as you love yourself. It is vital that as a church we set an example that the world will learn from. Loving and serving one another. Jesus he was seated on the throne 
but he chose to calm down. Why did he calm down? Jalen? Jalen? Can we watch the screen for a second?
I'll read from verse 1 to 11. I'll try to be as quick as I can. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, near Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he said to two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you. As soon as you have entered, you'll find a cross on the tide on which no one has said, Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need for it. And immediately he will send it there. You'll send it here. So they went and looked it. But some of those who stood there said to, to them, What are you doing? Losing the cold. And they spoke just as Jesus commanded. They said they let them go. They brought they brought the cold to Jesus and threw it, their clothes on it. And he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road. And others cut down leafy branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king, is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem, into the temple. So, he, so when he had looked around, the hour was already late. He went out to Bethany with the twelve. So when he got to the temple, he looked around. Which is not what the Jews had expected. The Jews had expected that when he got to Jerusalem, he would be seated on the throne and be their king that rescued them from the Roman Empire. However, that was the wrong king that they were looking for. Jesus was not that kind of king. The earth was not his throne. The Bible tells us that heaven is his throne and earth is his food too. And they were looking for Jesus to be sitting on the throne which is on his footstool. How can you sit on your footstool as a throne? So they missed the point completely. It was these people that thought that were shouting Hosanna, Hosanna, who five days later turned against him and they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. So what they didn't realize was that Jesus was coming as their king, coming to save them, not to rescue them from the Roman Empire, but to deliver them from their sin. It was his ultimate goal for him to end on that cross so that we may have life and have life abundantly. It says, the disciples brought the cold and they laid their clothes on it. And that little donkey no one had sat on before. Can you just imagine what, what it would be like if you went on a donkey that's never been 
step on before and try to sit on it. But as long as he knew who Jesus was, he knew who's made, who, who had made it, and it obeyed. Isn't it amazing how the animals know who God is? How the animals respond? And yet we who are made in the image of God fail to acknowledge the supremacy of God. We see the same example when Balaam's donkey saw the angel. That's in Numbers 22 from 21 to 28. He saw the angel of the Lord and he moved out of the way. But Balaam, because he didn't see anything, he was blinded, he continued to whip the donkey. And the donkey in turn spoke to him and asked him, why do you whip me? So how many times do we get our eyes blinded? and with the poor donkey because we, we cannot see what God is doing. So, what our urge us to do is to examine ourselves and see what it is that is blocking our way to getting closer with God. What is it that is consuming our time that we should be spending in the presence of God? <coughs> Give that stress to Him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Give all that to Him. God is willing to take that off you and heal you. When Jesus was brought, was brought before Pilate after his arrest, they chose for Barabbas to be free. Barabbas actually represented you and me. Barabbas had, be, had to be free so that we could be set free. Jesus had to go on that cross. So they were right when they chose Barabbas because Barabbas was you and me. What will be your choice today? Who will you choose? Who will you choose to be free? And what will you choose? Will you choose to come to the one who knows all your sorrows? The one who knows all your cares? Are you going to choose to completely trust in Him? Are you going to make Him your Lord and Savior? Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Will you let Him in? If you are sitting there and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would like to give you this opportunity to give your life to Him. He wants to set you free. He wants to deliver you from all your sickness, all your troubles. 
He wants to give you an eternal life, a life spent with Him. So will you let Jesus come into your heart? Let Him build a home with you. Because your body, after all, is the temple of the Lord. So let the King come and dwell in His temple. I'd like you to take some time and reflect on this. And as you do, I'd like you to listen to the song, Hidden by United. You can look up and sing along.